<laughs> I just started. Oh, well, that was good timing then. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I had a... Oh, yeah, I didn't get a beer. I'll be right back. Start talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because we got beers in there. Yeah. Go for it. Do you have any toast? It's your birthday. Yeah, but we're recording. Let's do this. We'll take the toast out there. Okay. Yeah, out to the park. It's my birthday. It's Janine's birthday, folks. And this is being released a week after my birthday. Time. We're not doing the time travel bit this week. Not right now. It is my birthday. It is. In this recording, it is my birthday. You took off your sash, though, so is it really your birthday? Oh, fuck. I just got called out. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Sickburn Jane. Formerly known as Austin Austin, still currently known as Austin Austin, and sort of also known as Sigmund <laughs> Jane, uh, a Podlander Junkest podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and it's Janine's birthday, folks. Uh, we are, yeah, we are. God, I wish I could have a fucking Miller Lite. Ooh, I'm about to fucking house this bitch. I'm gonna need to eat though. Can I? Can I just hold it? Yes. Just so you feel it. I'm gonna smell I, it. Please do. Smell it. Oh my god! Allison, don't. You're torturing yourself. Oh, I never thought I'd be nostalgic for don't that. Don't watch. But. <laughs> you know what? As, as Jane Austen has proved, you don't have to witness something to know in your heart that it is good. Yes. A la the sex they're definitely having on the steps of Pemberley. Right now. We, in this episode, are talking about the second half of the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, directed by Joe Wright, which fucks. Yeah, it, it's good. Um, it's not my PP, but that's okay. It's a good PP. It's a very good PP. Yeah. And I, I actually really appreciated watching it in two parts, because I like part one a lot. And part two, I was like, fuck yeah! Part two was better than <laughs> part two. Oh, yeah. I, think, I think part two was better. Yeah. Part there are just two was so many smart additions and really smart adaptation choices. Agreed. Uh, and the thing, grain of salt. I had read this before that Emma Thompson did an uncredited rewrite on this script. Uh, and... IMDb trivia, anybody can put anything in there. So who the hell knows if any of this is true. However, this is on the IMDb trivia page. There are a couple of good things. Um, Damon Thompson did an uncredited and unpaid rewrite of the script. She received a special thanks credit at the end of this movie. One of the two scenes that Thompson wrote was the scene in which Charlotte Lucas tells Elizabeth (gasps) Bennet that she will marry Mr. Collins. (gasps) Oh. My favorite scene in part one. The other one is the scene in which Elizabeth Bennett tries to tell Mr. and Mrs. Gardner and Mr. Darcy about Liz- Lydia's elopement with Wickham. Here, Karen Knightley's walking in out of the room was Thompson's idea. Yes. You know what? Dame Emma Thompson. You go- Cheers. 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 He's a quality bitch right there. A good writer. Oh, an even elbows. better nemesis. Just a perfect lady. Like, I wish I could ever meet her. Like, she seems so awesome. Just smart. Funny. All right. This today begins our Get Emma Thompson to Talk to the Sick Burn Jane cast campaign. Oh, my We're God. We're beginning it right now. Uh, friends. Oh, my God. If oh any of you happen happened. to know Emma Thompson, it's time to start pulling strings. <laughs> Oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna make this happen. This I, is our this is our new five year plan. Okay. I know we've talked about other goals for the podcast. Throw them all out. We have one, one goal. goal now. Here's the thing. I think our five year goal has been to uh, get a website, and now we're doing it. So <laughs> new five year goal. So, Emma Thompson. There you go. We are meeting all of our five year goals, and I think this is a doable goal now. <laughs> All right. We got it. So it's 2021. So Emma Thompson by 2026. Yeah. Here, here's to it. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, We're making it happen. May. Speak it into existence, Oprah. 
Should I like? I think I, I should like make myself a lobster costume just to like, just in case. You know what? <laughs> I can't That's wait. Hilarious. That is a deep cut fucking love actually joke right there. Oh my god! <laughs> he really went for it. <laughs> See, I would laugh at that naturally without any of the forced laughter that we talked about earlier. <laughs> yeah, we told we told Janine that we were gonna laugh at all his jokes because it's his birthday. And I asked them not to do that because I don't want to be self conscious. <laughs> That was a sincerely good joke. It just took me a minute. Um, I can't wait till we till we inevitably sit down with Dame Emma Thompson, and mm-hmm. I'm going to say, Emma, I have a very important question for you. Is there anyone else on the planet who is good at adapting Jane Austen other than you? <laughs> just to see what she says, because if she says no, then I was Prove right it. all Prove along, it. all Prove along, it. legit. Nemesis. Yeah, <laughs> legit nemesis. Um, well, good job, Emma Thompson, yeah, that I didn't know about. But it's a good, I mean, it is a really It's sharp, a great adaptation. Sharp, tight at screenplay adaptation. Yes, I agree. Uh, because I don't really feel like we miss all that much. Uh, in part one, I agree that, like, but now that you know where they were going with the Wickham thing, does it matter quite no, so much? No, it's interesting because they he just kind of made Wickham like a specter almost. It, what was most important was not Wickham's character or anything that we see of him. It's the idea of what he means to the family and social standing and all that. So yeah. he, it's like, get him out of there. Let's make this faster. Come on. Well, yeah. and because it's all sort of operating from Lizzie's perspective, mm-hmm. knowing what she knows when she knows it, with the exception of... Sorry, that the sound you just heard was <laughs> hand flick. Can I'm you like, hear? I can't hear that shit. I heard that, but that was you running in that the microphone. That was just me punching the microphone. What if it sounded like this? Allison, do the hand flex. Wait, how about this? How about this? That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Did that? Was that the sound of a hand flex? That Here, was, let's do a little oh, bit of foley. Are you ready? Yes. Not that one. Just do the okay. physical one. So, and tell me how it feels to hear the sound. All right. <laughs> No, no, not good enough. No, damn. All right. I was um, trying something. It failed. On the other hand, I'm wet now. <laughs> just kidding. Just oh. um, It's not the coffee, is it? No, you're good. <laughs> port. I'm, it was port. No, never mind. Don't Yo, worry. I spilled Look, my coffee good. during the crowd. It looks pretty it's, good. It's doing okay, actually. I think, I think you're going to be all right. You'll well, have you to resolve what? that party. It's, it's just distressed things. now. I'm, and that's fashionable. Lived in. It is. It is lived in. Boho chic, um, bitch. <laughs> so we get a lot of really cool stuff, and some of it we've already talked about. Uh, we get a like a little, essentially like, like a Lizzie Darcy cut scene at the end, which mm-hmm. I really like. Yeah. They're fucking on the steps of Pemberley moment. Yeah. Which I really think is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, we got Mrs. your big Darcy. Heathcliff realness. Yes, him coming across that Misty Moore was pretty great. Uh, it was the closest thing to Colin Firth coming out of the pond at Pemberley, definitely. Upside down pond, I'm yep, telling you. You're right. And Fog is the new pond. Please tell our listeners what you discovered on the IMD, IMDb trivia about that scene and oh, the red flag. again, IMDb trivia. Who, who knows if knows? it's real, but this is hilarious. Um, Matthew McFadgen, parentheses, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> Has very poor eyesight. In the misty morning shot, director Joe Wright was behind the camera waving a red flag so McFadden knew where to walk. So now you just have to picture that beautiful, all the beautiful fog and the sun is coming up and somebody in a golf cart has just gone like, but, 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 and dropped him all the way, like yep. half a mile and then, away. And then Joe Wright's just standing there going, ah! 
so that he doesn't wander off to the right and out of frame. Can you, I wonder how many times they did it before they figured out. <laughs> before they figured out that they had. Yeah, please, please. I want to. I want to see this. The version where Matthew McFadden just. Well, an entirely natural curvature. That, that was another <laughs> scene that was requiring... That was Twilight. That lasts for like an hour, two hours. So imagine how many days they had to do that before they figured yeah, it out. Yeah, that and that sun, <laughs> that sunburst between their two faces and the, oh, hell yes, oh, I don't know what we call that one. The, yeah, the, when, you mean when the sun rose on their marriage? Yes, Oh exactly. my God, the marriage. Like they had, we, d- we discussed it during the crowdcast. They had to do that every day for I bet a week to get oh, the yeah. right shot. I bet, they, I bet it took... A lot of time to say Either up. that, or they did it in one. Like, either they did it every day for a week, or they did it the very first time. And Joe writes, like, lock that shit up. Yeah. And then someone's like, oh, I forgot to hit the button. Oh, God, don't. That gives me <laughs> shingles. <laughs> it's, um... It's beautiful. Beautiful. It's a really yes, beautiful shot. Beautiful. Uh, I love that they increase the speed of all of the ending events, really. Like, pretty much everything adaptation-wise... Frankly, everything adaptation-wise in part two works for me. Yes. Like, yeah. every choice works for me. Um, the choice of just having him there, and she sees him through the door, and he's hugging Georgiana. Um, oh, that was really nice. That yeah, was a, like... That was a very eyes-wide-shut kind of moment, which was Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, like, the, through the cracked door. I mean, it, yeah. it really felt like... As we were talking about the crowdcast, like a it was Invasion like a violation, yeah. yeah. But but he's not mad about it, you know. And obviously, it wasn't intentional. And mm-hmm. I just it's really good and complicated. But I really felt like I was with her, sort of looking at something I shouldn't be looking at. Right. I never feel that way in most Pemberley scenes. No. It's all just like ooh Pemberley, and here I was like oh god, this is his home. This, this is, is where home. he lives. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine if someone asked you to marry them, and then you ended up at an open house for their house they were selling? <laughs> can you imagine? It's pretty bad. Just accidentally. Yeah. Um, so all of the adaptation choices work for me, but specifically from. Bingley shows up. They're there for a hot 30 seconds before he can't take it anymore and he has to flee. Then we get that amazing scene of him practicing proposing with Mr. Darcy. Which with the is, role play. So good. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And you only need just that little tiny bit to understand everything that happens in that relationship. Like, you don't need any of the, well, I explained it to him and he was angry, but his anger lasted only as long as he, his uncertainty about her affection for him, blah, blah, blah. We don't need any of that. We just see Darcy proposal coaching. Which... It's hilarious. It's he. He's really lucky that he that Bingley didn't check his Yelp reviews because yeah. um, Darcy <laughs> proposals. <laughs> yeah, well, Darcy proposals not al- good up to then. He's also he's also very adept at knowing what sucks. So don't do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe that's what he's he's yeah. coming from a negative example. Yeah. The, like, the scene we didn't see is Bingley gets to one knee and says, I know your family's a piece of shit. And he's like, no, 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 no stand, up, stand, up, stand, up, stand up, stand up, stand like up. I tried that, that one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't nope. work. Nix it. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. It would start over. Lee I mean, she did want to lick my face. I could tell she wanted to lick my face, but she wasn't going to She also me. said no. So. Call yourself an ass. That'll work better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> start off admitting that you were wrong. <laughs> Ladies Yo, love Darcy, that. Start the fog machine. Uh... But that, so, like, we get the rehearsing, and then he's back right away. It's obviously been, like, a hot five minutes, and he bursts back in and then proposes, and it's so wonderful. That was a good scene. Right? Then 
oh no, they're off and running. And that night, word travels so fast that that night Lady Catherine shows up. They have their confrontation. Lizzie can't sleep. She's out wandering. And then Darcy is like, oh crap, let me put on pants. Mm-hmm. My aunt was and just an asshole. I have to go apologize right now. And so he wanders on. Oh, it's good. And the the choice, the adaptive choice of having Lady Catherine just show up at their house in the middle of the night was very strong. I like yeah, it. Yeah, because lot. it really shows how unhinged she is about it. Oh yeah. And it gave them it gave them a, a more interesting lighting choice as well. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I, like I it just speaks to the character at the moment of just like the mm-hmm. darkness. It was a like, darker yeah, yeah, and more more aggressive. If yeah. it did feel more aggressive, and I don't know if that's just. It being at night with the firelight or whatever and the family being in their place of comfort and this being a true, like, violation once again. Mm-hmm. Or if it's that Ju- Judy Dench is a fucking bully because she's mean. Like, Lady Catherine is always mean, but this one is, like, cruel. like, cruel. Yeah. Deliberately cruel. Right. And it's not just that she knows that these this woman is of inferior birth. Like, she is actually like putting her thumb on her and like twisting her into the ground and yeah she's twisting her thumb into a wound that she created when she put out her cigarette on elizabeth's skin yes like exactly. it's like she just, so judy dench is a very mean lady catherine de Berg with a great wig oh yeah that I wig can't, is really it's good. really it's a that is a rich lady wig yeah the, oh uh, another great moment when lizzie's like i don't want to go to Pemberley. he's so he's so <laughs> Rich. <laughs> I was like, oh, I felt that. And felt then when she sees veins. Pemberley for the first time, it just goes, ha <laughs> <laughs> That also That's is very, I felt that in my vein. <laughs> that was a very Emma Thompson moment. Mm-hmm. That, and I, who knows if that one is Emma. That might just be Kira. That might be Joe Wright being like, you know, it would be great. Pop into the frame. Just laugh. Just laugh. Who knows? Whoever's idea it was, it was a great Good one. idea. But it reminds me of, you haven't seen Sense and Sensibility, right? No, I have not. Plug your ears. How do I do this? Yeah. Yep, there you go. It reminds me oh, when um, Eleanor bursts into tears. Oh, God, when he comes right? in. And yeah, him. where it's like a completely understandable, recognizable human response that you don't usually see on film. Right. Like a way a person would actually react, not a way they usually react in a story. Right. It was like Not that. an idealized reaction, yeah, just totally. a reaction. And honest. And it's funny because it's honest, but it doesn't make it less I honest. mean, who, who amongst us, when first gazing upon Pemberley would not laugh. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, Oh, totally. You can't stop it. Okay, we're cool. We're good now. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that was fun. What else? <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I would like to talk about Donald Sutherland and Brenda Blethyn. Yes, please. Um, this is a Mr. and Mrs. Bennett that I feel are still truly in love with each other, and that seems kind of different than most yes. than almost all the other adaptations we've seen. Um, I think it possibly has to do a little bit with Brenda Blethyn p- playing um, Miss Mrs. Bennett a little bit more in a little bit more real mm-hmm. fashion as opposed to the kind of like what we always see her as, which is another one of the kind of buffoon asshole buttholes, buttholes, Austin buttholes, right? She's still a butthole, but she feels more like a person. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as the Mr. Collins approach, only she's still funny. Yeah. Yeah, he he just lost something for me. And then he never came back in the second half, so they like... Which, fine. Fine, but it just kind of feels like Joe Wright was like, this is a means to an end. That's fine. I'm... 
this story is about Lizzie and Darcy. I don't care about yeah. the rest, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did just want to give some props to Donald Sutherland and Brenda Blethyn for, like, showing us a world in which Mr. and Mrs. Bennett still, like, really love each other and are still kind of hot for each other, too. But are totally incompatible. Yes. Like, you can just tell, like, it's not a good marriage. No. But they love each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And probably also hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the Donald Sutherland Lizzie scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's just a really sensitive Mr. He's, the moment when he, he cries a bit. You know, yeah, when he really... starts laughing because he realizes she really does love him a lot mm-hmm. is beautiful. What, the first time we see him in part one when he comes out with the orchid, I'm like, oh, this this Mr. Bennett is a little different. And, mm-hmm. and you can just see that he's he is truly just a more sensitive man. Mm-hmm. Because all the other adaptations we've seen, yes, he's sensitive and intelligent, but he's so far removed and above everything. Yeah. This one does not feel that way. Yeah. So he's I think he, he steps into a really high estimation of Mr. Yeah. Bennett for me. Yeah. That character. Also, like a really worn out Mr. Bennett. Yeah. Instead of being... It, when With all the Lydia stuff, and let's talk about Lydia mm-hmm. next. With all the Lydia stuff, it's like he... Um, looks at her going to Brighton as a vacation from Lydia mm-hmm. and not like, well, if she goes, then she'll shut up about it, which is what he says. But here, I felt very much like, are you kidding? Someone's going to take Lydia away for four weeks. I can't, like, I'm not you think I'm no. going to pass that up? Yeah, it's a vacation for me. Also yeah. felt like the, like this Bennett f- was portraying the weight of his of his responsibilities very like heavily, right? Like, he was relieved that his daughters got married. Right, he, like it almost feels like he he like when he's talking about it Lydia felt like personal man. relief. Yeah, he's like, I like, know that you are all fucked, and I know it's kind of on me. Oh, it is. I mean, it is. On it him. is on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and like I, he know just feels that. more sensitive, just yeah. more like feels things more deeply, or shows yeah. it more, shows he's not, it more. He's not aloof. He's not aloof. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. shows it more. Yeah. There's this great line in the book, which I think is also repeated in the miniseries, where he says that it shouldn't have been an issue because we were going to have a son. By the time there was no son, it was then too late to be saving, which I've always thought is such a good, like, really quick indictment of the way that he behaves Mm -hmm. because it's not actually too late to be saving. It's not too late to be saving. Right. You've got five daughters and a wife, and they could all be homeless in five minutes if you Mm -hmm. have a heart attack. So, no, it's actually not too late to be saving. Yeah. But here it's like... He just seems so weary. And Worn then, down. you're right, is so relieved that they're going to be safe. You mm-hmm. know? It just yeah. really... Yeah. It's very human. Mm-hmm. It's less funny. Yes. But emotionally really rich. Yeah. And so many goosebumps at the, oh, end, of yeah. this, at the end of this movie. So many. It was a goosebump. Oh. It was a goosebump brigade. You know what didn't give me goosebumps? What, what? Lydia. Ooh, see, mm-hmm. I like... She's I, okay, but it just... I think it... Once again, it feels a little bit part of the whole treatment of Wickham Mm -hmm. in that the reason this plot exists is to move Lizzie and Darcy forward. And that's fine, but I feel like like some of the true emotional weight of what it meant to the other sisters wasn't really explored, Mm -hmm. like in their prospects. That's fine. Uh, The actress that played Lydia was good, but I just feel like some of the importance of what it meant in society and personally for the other Bennett sisters was kind of elided over. Yeah, I feel like there's more complexity in most of these relationships and less in that one. Yeah. Although I do really like that Lydia is such a butthole. 
she's a total butt. Like, like she's uh, almost loathsome. Like I, I can like an unpleasant. Person. Yes, yes. I can't find a reason to like this Lydia. Most other Lydias, there's something. There's just something about like, like you dumb little she is that friend you had in high school that was always getting in trouble for some shit but always had a hilarious response and you knew she was bad news and you were probably gonna get in trouble when you hung out with her too but she made you laugh real hard like three times you're like (laughs) i'm gonna hang out with her again that's that's what i always feel about lydia i did not feel that way about lydia friends that's also what going to the oasis with julie is like i was gonna say i was that friend (laughs) it's just like that's so specific that was me Except I had enough of the Lizzie mind to not get in trouble for shit. You know what I'm saying? So what you're saying Ooh. is you're a sociopath. Yes. Yes, I am. Oh, but fun to hang out with. <laughs> so I'm, I'm saying I missed a little bit of... Lydia is not a fun character because through her we're supposed to kind of reflect upon societal issues and problems for women. Right. But the character itself is delightfully like bubbly and stupid and like and then I just, I just found her to be loathsome this time. Just like, yeah. ugh. I will say, and this is not a Lydia comment, but more to the comment of how it doesn't, they don't, that relationship and that char- character doesn't uh, show us society, the challenges mm-hmm. of society. I would criticize this movie for that. Hmm. They had to make a choice and they chose the, obviously, Lizzie and Darcy and how do they make that the most impactful story possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, this, I don't, I would not, I wouldn't have walked away from this film feeling like I, I had the sense of societal weight on them necessarily. Mm-hmm. More just that these parents care so much for their children and yeah. they want to be married and happy. And The only thing I will say about this, and we were discussing it earlier, is visually speaking, the filmmaking and mm-hmm. costume choices and set dressing and stuff really do bring out the class difference in yeah. this in this adaptation, I think a little bit more strongly yeah. than in other adaptations. And so that's enough to kind of get your mind going, especially if you've ever read any Jane Austen or you're a, a fan of, or you've ever seen Pride and Prejudice, because immediately it's kind of shorthand into these girls are fucked. But if you don't have that experience and you don't know, and you're, you just take your girlfriend to go see Pride and Prejudice in 2005 at the movie theater, you might not get as deep as the book gets with this adaptation. It it leaves behind a lot of the societal stuff, Mm -hmm. but enhances a lot of the romantic stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, which is okay. In the book, it's fine because the whole point is you're supposed to use your imagination, right? Like, she's not showing us these sweepingly romantic moments because we can just imagine them. Right, like that's we we're giving the characters their privacy and just sort of imagining how wonderful it is. Jane right? Austen is very good at leaving your room in your personal spank bank. Totally, exactly. Mm-hmm. Here, that's not. I mean, I'm. They're still, they're still leaving room. I mean, we could create fanfic for three weeks based on the second yes. half of this movie. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, we could. Mm-hmm. Um, That'd be a fun game. We'd name three moments in that film and then make fanfic based off those three moments. Someday we'll do live Sick Burn Jane fanfic. <laughs> we'll do it. No problem. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I feel comfortable enough with Pride and Prejudice to be able to really contribute to a fanfic live Totally. Fanfic. Yeah, I Great. agree. Great. Sometime. We'll, Someday. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully we get to do it and then we send that tape to Damon <laughs> Emma, Emma Thompson. Thompson to join us. Would you like to do fanfic with nerds? Yes or no. Check yes or no. Return later. <laughs> you know yes, who would love no, that note? Maybe. Yes, you know who would love that note? 
Dame Emma Thompson. Hold on. <laughs> Let me get my crayons. I'm going to draw this. I'm going to send it this is to her manager. <laughs> For Dame Emma Thompson. And it just, it's going to be like a Rose situation on the Golden Girls where Reagan answered her because he thought she was an eight-year-old <laughs> child. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be That's like that. such a good storyline. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, Is there anything else in just in the second half that we want to talk about? Because a reminder to you and to you and you and also you, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura. No, I got to I got to I say Viv Pickles too often. Um, Laurel. Laurel and Lauren, both of them, Laurel S and Lauren T. Yep. Both of you, listen up. Uh, we're doing a series of episodes that we're calling Kira Fest. Uh, so we'll be talking about the costumes, we'll be talking about the hand flex, we'll be talking about some other things. Um, but, well, we're just talking about part two. Anything else you want to add? I'm obsessed with her Joe costume. With uh, her Joe yeah. March costume. Her Joe March costume at the end was really cool. Um, it's very bisexual. It's a bisexual nightgown in day dress yes, form. Yes, day dress form, a bisexual nightgown. Um, <clears throat> this was so beautiful. It's, it's very pretty. Oh, we haven't talked about the BBD yet. Oh, yeah. Well, I, how did it come to be? Well, because so Lizzie was, uh, Jane was fast asleep because she had just gotten proposed. She was so very happy. Right. And, and then, she was dreaming about the D. The sleep of the affiance. Yeah, yes. And the affiance. And Liz was about to go. And then we were like, well, Jane is sleeping. You know, thinking about the. She's uh, dreaming about that D. And then I, then I, then I think uh, you. You said BD. BD, and you the were Bingley like, dick. you were like Bingley Dick, and or I was like, Big or. Dick, and I was, like, and then it became BBD. BBD, and Bingley then it became <laughs> Bingley Dingley. <laughs> you so, gotta get that Bingley Dingley. Jane just passed right out thinking about that Bingley Dingley. Bingley Dingley do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he's really good else. in that. He's so in that scene, that little yeah. chunk Ooh! when he walks forward towards her and the camera pans with him, <sighs> and then he stops and he says, "I've been such an ass," and then he steps forward again. Oh! Yeah, the the camera movement there, everything about that was so good. The shot of that room was oh. also very pretty. Um, the only thing that I have left to say is that the second half of the movie is so much better than the first half. The first half isn't bad; it's just kind of like. I wonder if I watched it all as a piece, if I would feel anything building, but I did not feel anything building until the Oh Hell Nozzle. Like, all of a sudden, the Oh Hell Nozzle happened, and then from then on out, it was off to the fucking you races. You did miss the hand flex. I did, but I like I still felt a moment when he helped her into the carriage. Yeah. Like, I felt the electricity between them, so even though I didn't see the hand flex, which I will go back and watch, I felt, and like, Neil and I both looked at each other in a raised eyebrow. Like, we had a moment of, ooh. Was like, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> With an old married man and an old married woman, we both went, ooh. <laughs> so there's that. I, I just, I, the second half of this movie is great. The first yeah. half is good. Hold on, Julie. I think I just figured something out. Are you married? Because you don't ever mention it. Yeah, I'm married. Although maybe not for long. Because last <laughs> night, hold on, hold on. What admission on This my, is going to be about the Beatles bracket. Yes, it is. On my day after last my night, birthday. Neil and I started a bracket. Oh, As no. you all know, we all, all of us here at Podlander, Sickburn Jane, Drunkhead, whatever we're called anymore, we love a fucking bracket. We <laughs> love a bracket. And we came up with this idea for a bracket because we were watching the Paul McCartney documentary with Rick Rubin. Paul McCartney 321. Thank you. 
and we're enjoying it. We're trying to like space it out because it's fun to watch. And we're talking about Paul McCartney and how fucking badass he is. And when you're confronted with everything that he did, all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. Is Paul McCartney the true musical genius behind the Beatles? And then we had a long conversation about that. Then we decided the best place to start was to go and find all the Beatles singles that hit number one. There are 20 that can make a bracket. <laughs> so we seeded them last night and then only did the matchups that we both agreed immediately, which were only like three. I don't have, I, I mean, I could look at a picture of it now, but I'm not going to bore everybody. But what I'm saying is we have the rest of this bracket to fight, fight through could end our marriage. Okay. Wow, well, it's been a good run. Get ready. Can I'm, ne- I'm ready to fight. Can Neil still do Dude Lander? If, uh... Oh, yeah. Neil's always available. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, on that note, we got to go celebrate Janine's birthday. Uh, so this is where we're going to stop and then pretend like I'm not recording all of the stuff that comes after this later. We're going to pretend like it's happening live. Yeah. So 